This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Plated Earth, where we share at least a fraction of the crazy, wonderful, and insightful stories of produce. I'm your host, JJ. Plated Earth is also the official podcast of the Specialty Produce app. Please show your support for us and Specialty Produce by downloading the app and exploring one of the globe's most comprehensive fresh food databases. Now grab a snack and get ready for Food Fables. Dimitri was sitting at the community tables, a crowd gathered around him, watching with curious eyes as he was cutting a pattern into a paper bag. It was lunchtime, and many members of the crowd were taking the final bites of their midday snacks. The smell of summer in the air, thanks to the fresh peaches and stone fruits, strawberries and watermelon that were perched along the produce stalls. The kids giggled as they spat cherry pits at one another. Parents struggling to stop the airborne attacks, finally succeeding as they turned the attention onto Dimitri, the kid's favorite live-action cartoon character, making silly faces, winking as he worked. After a few moments, stewing in the sounds of laughter, the slicing of the scissors gliding through paper, the reverberating ding of cherry pits bouncing off the table, Dimitri lifted up the paper bag, blew into it, and popped it open propping it up on the table in front of him. It's a crown, one of the kids called out. Dimitri winked as he adjusted the crown's placement, then rolled up his sleeves and stood to address the crowd. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a special treat for you today. A royal affair here at the original farmer's market in Los Angeles, as we welcome an honored guest all the way from Southeast Asia. I present to you, drumroll please. Dimitri winked at the kids, a sign of permission for them to drum on the table. Dimitri lifted the crown off the table to reveal three purple maroon fruits about the size of tangerines. The drumming stopped almost immediately as the kids froze in awe. Whoa, how did he do that? One asked. What is that? said another. Dimitri winked as he set the crown back down beside the fruit and lifted one of them up. This is Mangosteen, the queen of fruits. Dimitri bowed, holding the fruit up even higher. Cool, another kid shouted. You have no idea, Dimitri smiled, pulling out his pocket knife and cutting into the thick, leathery shell and scoring it all the way around its middle. He pulled the handkerchief from his shirt pocket and used it to twist and pop the top off, revealing segments of snow-white, soft, juicy flesh. He set both open halves down atop the handkerchief and again reached into his shirt pocket, this time pulling out a small pastry fork. He must be a magician, a tiny voice whispered in the crowd, as many tiny eyes stayed glued on Dimitri and his queen. Dimitri used the fork to carefully pull the segments out of the bottom half of the shell, handing them out to a few tiny hands that reached out eagerly. Cool indeed, Dimitri said, as he popped a piece into his mouth nodding for the kids to do the same. You see, according to Eastern tradition, health is a state of balance of the yin and yang, a balance that is controlled by what we eat. 
Some foods have a cooling effect, yin, while others a warming effect, yang. Certain illnesses caused by inflammation are even seen as an overbalance of yang. Mangosteen is known as a cooling food, along with papaya and watermelon. It is often recommended that the mangosteen be eaten after durian, another beloved Southeast Asian fruit, the king of fruits to be exact, known to be a warming food, just like mango and lychee. Mangosteen is considered the yin to durian's yang, the king and queen, together a balanced pair, to cool down after heating up. A Chinese philosopher of Taoism once said, Material force moves and flows in all directions and in all manners. Its two elements, yin and yang, interact and unite to establish harmony. For generations, traditional healers in Southeast Asia have used the mangosteen for more than just their balancing effects, but also to treat skin infections, wounds, and certain diseases. Indeed, mangosteen was utilized as a basic health and wellness treatment as far back as 600 CE. You see, in addition to its many nutrients, the queen of fruit contains a unique type of plant compound known to have strong antioxidant properties called xanthones. Xanthones have shown remarkable antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties that may lower the risk of certain diseases and have even been praised as having anti-cancer activities, often promoted as an alternative cancer treatment in traditional medicine. These antioxidants are found in this rich purple maroon shell, and so it is often found processed into a powder, liquid, or other supplement. Wow, long live the queen, someone from the crowd shouted. The crowd laughed and cheered as Dimitri raised the final segment, perched on his pastry fork, up to the crowd. Here, here, he said. But why do we call it the queen? While we cannot entirely rule out the possibility that the origin is perhaps just a translation of an old Thai or Malay expression, there is another explanation. A legend about Queen Victoria of the United Kingdom and her fabled desire and esteem for this tropical, unattainable treat. Dimitri ate the final juicy bite of the fruit with a content hum as he pulled his handkerchief out from under the empty purple shells. Then, as always, with a wipe of his napkin across his lips, like a curtain unveiling the opening act, Dimitri began his story. Dimitri spoke. The journey of the mangosteen, making its way out of its native range in the Malay archipelago and into the world's awareness, was long and slow. The few European explorers who traversed the seas of Southeast Asia had more demanding missions than to attempt to transport such delicate, perishable, and seemingly unprofitable plants back home. Not when there was money to be made from spices, precious gems and metals, and more hardy plant and animal goods that could survive the long, tedious, open ocean journey without losing their value a sturdier guarantee of survival and success on the other end, barring any run-ins of piracy while at sea. But even so, and perhaps a testament to the mangosteen's fine, intoxicating tropical flavor, there were some who attempted to bring home mangosteen plants, even before the 1800s. No easy feat, no procrastinated planning, no shortage of luck. 
These earlier transport missions for plants required additional elaborate measures than the bare necessities aboard these ships. From securing supplementary fresh water supply, to building special greenhouses, to lining the hull with copper to deter seaborne wood parasites, the process was meticulous, yet still risky. How different the world might be if we never took risks, calculated the worth for greater reward. While there are records that indicate the first introduction of the mangosine in the United Kingdom dates back to circa 1789, perhaps the more noteworthy event that stands out in the fruit's history is that of the first recorded fruiting of the mangosine in the United Kingdom in 1855. This phenomenal feat was accomplished at Sion Park, home of the Dukes of Northumberland, where seeds obtained from Calcutta in 1833 were grown and nurtured in a greenhouse that was heated to maintain a steady tropical temperature, much unlike the temperate British climate. Legend says that in 1855, the Duke of Northumberland at the time had two trees, each with one fruit. One of those fruits was honored with a banquet and was even acknowledged by the Royal Horticultural Society, who awarded the mangosine with a medal to honor it. As for the other fruit the Duke personally presented it to Queen Victoria. My queen, he knelt holding out the maroon gem. This is almost the only fruit worth eating, which your majesty has never tasted, the fruit you cannot have served at your table. It is my honor to present it to you. The queen accepted graciously, calling for the Duke to rise and cut the fruit open. She had only heard tales about this mysterious purple fruit from explorers who encountered it, recalling records of Europeans eating and enjoying the fresh mangosine in its native environment. It's something like that of the finest nectarine, but with a dash of strawberry and pineapple. They exhume a sweet perfume, approaching that of the raspberry, and have the taste of strawberries. Abundant white juicy pulp, soft, sweet, slightly acidulated, and with a delicate, delicious flavor which recalls that of a fine peach, muscatel grapes, and something peculiar and indescribable, which no other fruit has. The mangosteen has only one fault. It is impossible to eat enough of it. But, strictly speaking, perhaps that is a defect in the eater rather than in the fruit. Remembering such praise, and finding herself now in the presence of such a rare, worthy treat— the queen was overcome with desire and joy. She raved about the divinely delicious flesh as soon as it hit her lips. A fruit worthy of royalty, she proclaimed. But as quickly as the joy of such a gem came, so it went, as the final bite disappeared between her teeth. But her desire for the exotic fruit only grew. If there is anyone who can bring me this fresh fruit from its faraway home, This fabled fruit that is something of a dream, yet here it is, fleeting in reality. If anyone can bring me a fresh mangosteen, I shall reward them with knighthood, or one hundred pounds of sterling. Bring me this fruit, which is indeed fit for a queen. Sadly, the queen's wish went ungranted. In her lifetime, the journey from Southeast Asia took months and the delicate mangosine would go bad before reaching England, or would arrive rather worse for the wear. But from her time, 
from her legendary love for the divine fruit, the Mangosteen came to share her title, known to this day as the Queen of Fruits. The End. Well, folks, that concludes this week's episode. Tune in next time for the latest food buzz. And remember, cauliflower is nothing but a cabbage with a college education. We'll catch you next time. Bye.